The Suffering Podcast is now available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or any other major podcast platform. Please subscribe and like to get the latest episodes as soon as they drop. You can also find our latest episodes at thesufferingpodcast.buzzsprout.com. Feel free to comment. We may read your comments on future podcasts and even reach out to you for a future guest spot. Like and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search for The Suffering Podcast. Here you'll see links to episodes, updates, and inside information on how to achieve greatness through the joy of suffering. Sit your ass Sit your down. Ass down. Sit your ass Sit down. down. Let's talk Let's about, talk the, about suffering. the suffering. It's time to start the pain. Sit your ass down. down. Sit your ass down. And strap in. This is gonna hurt. Gonna hurt. Let's talk about the suffering. It's time to start the pain. This is gonna hurt. It's time for the suffering podcast. Welcome to the suffering podcast. Each episode, we walk you through how suffering is the way to sustainable success and the path to greatness. So sit down and strap in. This is going to hurt. Let's talk about the suffering. The Suffering Podcast welcomes performance muffins to our growing family. These protein-packed snacks are the perfect healthy treat to satisfy your cravings and are deliciously addictive. Co-founded by a brother and sister team that grew up in a household where good food and creativity was paramount to their family values. Performance Muffins remain and will always be a family-owned and operated business with multiple flavor varieties of both muffins and cookies. Performance Muffins enables you to have your cake and eat it too while still focusing on the food that you put in your body. I've been eating Performance Muffins and Performance Cookies for years. When I was forced to go gluten-free, I thought the days of treats were gone. But not with Performance Muffins and Performance Cookies. They kept the taste and got rid of the gluten. My favorite is a toss-up between the Chisel Me Chocolate Muffin or the Amazing Apple Crumb Muffin. Both have 20-plus grams of protein plus fiber, amino acids, and omega-3s. Performance Muffins and Performance Cookies will blow your taste buds away while contributing to your overall nutritional health. Performance muffins and performance cookies can be found in major supermarkets and fitness centers. Get yours today by visiting performancemuffins.com or check our show notes for the link. For the Suffering Podcast listeners at checkout, enter the code SUFFERINGPOD10 for an amazing 10% discount. Performance muffins, irresistibly healthy and packed with strength. Caffeina is now part of the Suffering Podcast family. We all need a boost of energy from time to time. Rather than reach for that fifth cup of coffee or grabbing a sugary, chemical-laden energy drink, choose the better alternative. That better alternative is Caffeina. Caffeina is a delicious caffeine and electrolyte-infused spring water that is micro-filtered for purity. It's a delicious and refreshing natural energy drink that delivers the most vital of elements to us, and that's water. There is no aftertaste, no chemicals, and no sugar. Caffeina is a perfect source for pre- and post-workout, morning or afternoon pick-me-up, or just something refreshing to quench your thirst. 
Caffeina is listed as Amazon's choice on Amazon.com, and that comes with free shipping. Just search Caffeina, C-A-F-E-I-N-A, or check out our show notes for the link. Put a little pep in your step while still feeling good about the products you put in your body. Stay hydrated, stay awake, stay healthy with Caffeina. You have to check out this book, Shots Fired, The Misunderstandings, Misconceptions, and Myths About Police Shootings by Joseph Laughlin. Today's media is filled with discussions about officer-involved shootings. Too often missing from that discussion are the police officers' voices and the reality of what happens in actual shooting incidents. Through interviews with involved officers, this book addresses common myths and misunderstandings about these shootings. This eye-opening account is a must-read for police and non-police alike. This topic hits very close to home, and thankfully we have authors who are willing to lift a veil behind what Hollywood and the media see as either reprehensible acts or sensationalization of the world of law enforcement. Chief Laughlin is a retired assistant deputy chief who has held every rank in his Portland, Maine department. I've spoken with Chief Laughlin, and his goal is to awaken his audience to the reality of police-involved shootings. To get your copy today, go to shotsfiredbook.com or check the show notes for the link. Why don't you let the world know that you're a sufferer and a damn proud one? Check out the Suffering Podcast gear brought to you by Squad Locker, where you'll be able to show your support for the show and look damn fine doing it. Follow our link in the show notes found at thesufferingpodcast.buzzsprout.com. And as always, we are eternally grateful for your support. It's amazing how much we carry from the time as a child. Weighing heavily on our backs, childhood burden is more than any exercise session will provide. If physical or mental exercise is done properly, it's been proven to make you grow, to make you stronger. But conversely to that, if physical or mental exercise is done improperly, it's going to break you, stifling its intended purpose. The scars of childhood can do the same thing. We must learn to channel the pain and the stress. Over time, we can use that suffering to benefit our adult lives. I'm Kevin Donaldson. I'm here with Mike Felace, And on this episode of The Suffering Podcast, we delve into the suffering of abuse with Dan Rapetti in an attempt to navigate the ways to use the abuse just as we use the suffering to make us grow and become stronger. Thanks for joining us, Dan. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Before we get into any of the serious stuff, I do want to throw out this week's social media question. It comes from Marissa. Marissa writes, if you saw a friend who was suffering, how would you help them? Dan, I want to, I want to defer to you since you're our guest today. No problem. I mean, the first thing is communication. Ask them, how can I help you? That's one thing we lack on in this society. Absolutely, 100%. Or it's communicating wrong. Mike, you know, how about you? You know, a lot of people are afraid to ask for help these days. You know, so a lot of people hide their feelings and eat their feelings. Like Dan said, you just got to communicate. Try to be there for them and, and just tell them to stay strong. You know, strong people last. Tough times, every, everybody goes through them. One of the reasons we started this podcast was to show people through some really rotten events that they're not alone. Other people have gone through this similar suffering as, as they have, you find hope in it when you're, when you're not alone. So Marissa, if I could give you any advice from my own toolbox, if your friend is suffering and you see this suffering, don't feel helpless because I'm sure there's times when you feel helpless. Just let them know that, hey, you're not alone. Others have gone through this. You just got to get through this suffering. And once you get through it, then you'll be able to see the light. At the I end think of the, the main thing is everybody's going through some kind of, some kind of pain. It's just how you how you verbalize it, how you talk to people about it. And someone else is going through the same thing you're going through. Like you just said, the reason for this podcast is to let people know that 
you're not the only one going through it. Whether you're a president, king, queen, everybody's got their own suffering story. 100%. You know, Donald Trump wanted to come on here too, but we had to turn him down. Right. You know, and I'm sure much. he's got some suffering. In the oh, it, there's too much there. Uh, that that was a joke, correct? <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the Secret Service would have to take their shoes off before getting in the studio. <laughs> Mandy may get them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think we shy away from, like, when someone's in trouble or someone is depressed or someone has PTSD, we... we tend to like not want to deal with it I it's uncomfortable it is it, it's uncomfortable well, you know I, just... I think i think it's the macho male syndrome you know no, you, nobody wants to show weakness we all eat it you see some horrific things in your life and you just shrug it off and it it, it, it weighs on you yeah. one, one of the things people don't realize is in order to become stronger you have to find a way to deal with those different things that you're doing mm-hmm. and i as men i think we fall very very short of that i mean we're not going to sit around and hug and sing kumbaya but we could do that if you want. <laughs> I had enough of that last night. <laughs> so, Dan, I want I want you to tell our audience a little bit about yourself. Well, before before we do that, do we need the Hudson County interpreter again, too? The De Palma interpreter? He's not De Palma-esque Hudson County. Well, he, we haven't gotten started yet. Well, <laughs> wait till he gets mad. Dan Dan speaks English. De Palma speaks Hudson County. <laughs> I want you to tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Okay, so I am 48 years old. I have two beautiful children and a new wife. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. New wife. A new wife. Yeah, you went in reverse, remar- huh? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. yeah. <laughs> Cart before the horse. Yeah. <laughs> you got to yeah, dip your toes in the water before you figure figure you want to do that. I have uh, two beautiful stepchildren. Uh, my daughter is... You don't gonna... beat them like wicked stepchildren, do you? Not like we used to get. Oh, okay, no, good. No, no. Uh, they need it sometimes, but my daughter's going to be 18, going into college. Nice. Where's yeah. she going? She's going to go Montclair State. Oh, good. Yeah, my yeah. son goes there. Yeah, it's a, nice. it's a great school, good program for her. My son is going to be 14, and he's uh, going to go into high school. Did they redo the football stadium in Montclair? I don't know yet. I, when I, I played there in college, I had that old AstroTurf. Yeah, Man, that terrible. that shit hurt. You said you went to Montclair as well? No, no. Oh, I okay. went to Fairleigh Dickinson, but okay. we played at Montclair. Yeah. And that turf, god-awful. Turf burn, all sorts of crap. I'll make sure that my, t- you know, the tuition money goes towards some new turf. <laughs> <laughs> like turf burn on my elbow. <laughs> my stepdaughters, I got one going into the University of Miami. Nice. And one is going to be a senior in Colton. Oh, God. University of Miami or University yeah. of Hawaii. Yeah. Those, yeah. those are the two you want to go to. <laughs> So she's going to be a hurricane, huh? She's going to be a hurricane. Yeah. Good for her. Good yeah. for her. Yeah. You've listened to a couple episodes of The Suffering Podcast, and I'm always interested to hear our guests' thoughts on our concept. So tell us a little bit about what you think. I think it's great. I think it, it, it opens up an audience. It allows people to, to feel that it's comfortable to talk about certain things. And Mike's episode in, in particular, his PTSD, you know, to be able to touch an audience and make people aware that there's tons of people out there that suffer from, from such things like addiction, PTSD, and so on and so forth. To be able to get that audience and feeling comfortable talking about things that aren't comfortable, I think is, is awesome. Can you imagine trying to figure out calculus with, without ever being taught by somebody who's gone through it before? Well, that's kind of the same concept here. You're going through all these different problems, and everybody has their own mm-hmm. suffering story, and you think you're alone. Well, why would you want to go through something alone if you don't have to. You go off of somebody else's playbook or somebody else's experience or somebody else's bad beats. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of why we put this thing together. But you have some interesting, you have a pretty cool life from from the discussions that we had. But it didn't start out that way. 
Not at all. So let's get into your greatest suffering story. Started off in childhood. My dad, great guy. I want to start off by saying that. Um, had an addiction issue. Was a military guy. Um, what was his addiction of choice? He ultimately died of AIDS. Okay. okay. He was a heroin user. But alcohol, it, it was anything he could get his hands on from what I remember as a kid. I dealt with coming home from school, walking into my apartment in Hoboken, New Jersey, with him on top of my mom, beating the crap out of my mother, and me having to jump on top of him, call my grandfather. You know, those are things that are, they're nightmares. And, and how old were you at this point? He died when I was 11. That was six, seven, eight, nine. Six-year-old guy, yep. six-year-old kid coming in there and witnessing yep. an assault on his mother. I mean, that's yep. scarring. It's that's scarring. completely scarring. You can look at it, and you could become that, or you can take that and say, you know what? That's not what I want to be. So that's kind of what I did in my life. I mean, I know we all have addictions, and I steered my addiction to physical activity, whether it was boxing, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and then all the way up to like Ironman and marathons and things of that nature. We're going to get into that in the future because mm -hmm. actually I'm <laughs> more informational purposes than anything else. But our parents ultimately are our role models. They're, uh, I think it was uh, Fight Club said, our parents are our models for God. And if our parents have failed us, what's that say about God? It's a little different take on it. However, if our parents are our role models, we can learn good things from them and we can take that and, and use that as an adult, but we can also learn bad things from them to use as an adult as ways not to act. Is there, was there a point in your life where you said, that's never going to be me? I think the second that I saw it as a young child, I was, you know, two things just to reverse back a little bit. I was able to really separate that, hey, that's not my dad. That's my dad when... When he's on drugs. He's on drugs, yeah. You know, and that's his addiction. So I was able to to separate the addiction and say, that's not my dad. You know, it's just, it's, it's not. Because he was really a great man. So when he I wasn't have, using. When he wasn't using, he was one of the best people you could ever meet. Very loving, very caring, a lot of culture, took me everywhere. But when he was bad, he was bad. He was a Vietnam vet? No, no, he was he was after that. After yeah, oh, okay. yeah, I don't even honestly. I was eleven years old when he passed away. I don't know where oh, he so traveled. He, was he active when he? No, when he no, okay. no, no, no. So I don't know much about where he went, what he did, you know, in the military. The thing for me was to be able to separate that and not have that resentment either towards him, because I knew it was the drugs. I knew it was the addiction. It's amazing that you were able to find that out at such a young age. You know, and that, that's huge because a lot of, and we've seen it in law enforcement, I'm sure you could attest to this, a lot of people, I'll just generalize and say a lot of males that, that abuse their wives are products of abusive parents. 100%. And it's, hand, it's, it's almost like handed down. Child abuse is the same way. Yeah. You were yeah. abused as a child, so. So they abuse ch children. You're able to pick out the weak ones. Yeah, and even that, I mean, never, ever put my hand on a woman. Wouldn't even tolerate in a bad way, you mean? Yeah, in a bad way. You, well, got, you got right, two right, kids. Right, right, right. You got two kids. Come on, let's be real here. <laughs> Listen, this is the 21st century. Anything's possible, bro. I learned a lot from it, you know, and it built me into who I am today. I'm a great dad. I'm a great husband. You learn from those things. You learn at a very young age. Did you? Did you ever get the side effects of your father's abuse? Anyway, did you ever get physically hit by him? No, my dad looked at me, and that, that's all I knew. He looked at me in a certain way, and I stopped, whatever it was. I got I the same wrong. thing growing up. My, now, father, my father just gave me that look, and I was like, uh-oh. Now, listen, my mother's from Puerto Rico, and my father's Sicilian. That doesn't mean my grandmother and grandfather didn't get the wooden spoon out in the belt every once in a while, but I deserved it. My mother struggled. She's a great woman. 
She's still with us? She's still with us, thank God, yeah. Now, this might be a little bit off topic, and I don't even know if you can answer this stuff. Has your mother ever opened up about this abuse? No, you know, and that's the thing, too. Like, back in the 70s and 80s and the way we were raised, you, you, you took that and you put it under the rug and you staple that rug down. You don't ever want that to come back Put out. the happy face on and just act like yeah. it never happened. Yeah, and, and, you know, that's the way they were raised. That's another reason why I'm here today is people were born in the 70s and 80s. I'm sure they lost parents to, to AIDS, HIV, drug addiction, right? But they, they don't want to talk about it. I'm here to say it's it's great to talk about it. I don't want to say therapeutic, but more cathartic. Why would you hold that in? Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, it's not. Don't when be people, afraid. When people get this stuff out, all of a sudden it releases that burden on their shoulders of that whatever they're carrying around, whatever type of situation they had growing up. And if you're holding it on your back, that weight. That's why I said in the beginning that weight is eventually going to weigh on you and it's going to break you. A hundred percent. Your dad gets AIDS in the early days of AIDS. Early days. So, right. That's a whole other thing. So what was it back then? It was- uh, you, Homosexuals. You, homose- Homosexuals, right? Yeah. Or whatever else they were talking about back then, monkeys or who, who yeah. you know, who Who's knows? fucking monkeys and getting yeah. AIDS. And- right. Right. And, you know- you, A lot of misinformation. A lot of misinformation. It was early on. It's 100% right. Everybody was embarrassed. You know, even, you know, my mom, my grandmother, my you don't say he died of that. You say he died of this and natural you know, causes, natural causes, pneumonia. Yeah. You know, because listen, I understand. It's not. It was something. It wasn't. They it wasn't as socially acceptable. Correct. I'm not saying it's so, socially acceptable now because everybody has their stigma when it comes to that. But ask Magic Johnson. Yeah, exactly. Right. I can't imagine what it was like for you to go to school, and I'm sure it got out. Hoboken is a tight knit community. Oh yeah, thousand percent. I'm sure it got out. Was your dad a homosexual? Was he hanging out at the bathhouses? I'm sure it happened. Not in front of me, but I knew I knew that was happening. You know, like, and don't I, don't go near Dan. He it, might have that, the cooties. That yeah, is yeah, that that's what AIDS was back then. Was cooties. cooties. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, that certainly happened. You definitely feel a shift. I felt the shift after my dad died and and you know what he died of. It's amazing what we're equipped with at a young age to deal with things. Did you have like your core circle of friends that stuck with it through? I did. I did. Yeah. Everybody else. You know, I always said, you know, you have your certain core friends and the rest of people that don't want to talk to you. Right. Fuck off. Right. I don't need you. Right. Exactly. I'm just trying to wrap my head around what it was like for a six-year-old to come in there and see his mother getting the crap beat out of her. You know, when I think back at the time, it was just instinct. You you know, you want to protect your mom. I knew that wasn't my dad. I knew that was the drugs. Was it an ongoing thing? It was often. It was often yeah, enough where it you was re- often enough where yeah yeah would I have to get in there and were there times you like dreaded going home? What am I going to walk into? All the time that anxiety yeah. that young anxiety yes. that builds up and like oh here go and you're starting to you cross through that you, threshold. You get off the elevator, you turn, you listen in the hallway. You want to do I hear anything? Is anything going on? And you know ultimately you crack open the door and then if there was nothing there, it was a great relief. And you know if there was chaos, you would jump right into it and try to you know help out i'm sure people saw this going on especially living in an apartment building mm-hmm. yelling screaming it's impossible to totally hide this but back then nobody called the cops they, 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 they you hit the nail on the head everybody minded their own business everybody turned a, a, a blind, blind eye, eye to it, yep. that was the way things were back the then. old la 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 you know this is not my bit you keep out of everybody else's biz meanwhile there's two kids i have a sister too that are basically suffering from this Right, it was the it, it was the times, right? It was 
the way it was. Sometimes sure, you sure just need Sonny Corleone to come over your house. That's yeah. what you need. <laughs> well, my grandfather was a good good man. My dad's fa- uh, father, he was World War II vet. You know, once he came down, that, you know, that was my was relief. A, you're always able to give your son that look. Like you were talking about yeah. the look. I give yeah. my kids. Mike has given his uh-huh. kids a look. No matter how old you get. It doesn't matter. You're yep. always able to get that look. Like, oh, yeah. All right. I'm going to calm down. That's yeah. enough of this yeah. shit. Yeah. But my, grand, my grandfather was a great man. So it was. it's impossible to hide something of this magnitude. Did anybody ever try to step in or just come to your mother and say, hey, if you need a place to stay? Not address the problem directly, but indirectly try to get her some help. So at the time that used to happen, my mom and dad, they were separated. I was very young, but we lived in the same apartment building. So oh, he would come a- up. He lived with my grandparents that's a recipe for disaster come up so she had her own we had our own place had her own place but he had the keys to it yeah exactly (laughs) so he got in there whenever he wanted right right like uh heroin's a nasty drug how did your sister deal with it sure she's not going to jump on her father's back no my sister was tough and she still is (laughs) from i don't remember how she handled it older or younger she's older she's uh, 18 months uh older than i am Unfortunately, we, we don't we don't uh, talk any longer. But that's a you whole sure you don't have Irish talk. in you? That's that's real close no, to Irish. Listen, Irish you know, twins. I did <laughs> I did that ancestry thing. I, I don't even know what I am. <laughs> but I'm a, uh, I'm a mutt. I'm a mutt <laughs> definitely. No, I didn't have any time to analyze what she was going through. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it was very similar to the emotions and feelings that I was going through. But you know, I was focused on you know trying to help my mom out. I've seen children of abuse that just go nuts when they get out of the house. Yeah. Like they, they have this freedom and this um, lack of responsibility in some way. I know that sounds horrible, but you just don't ha- – it's out of sight, out of mind. So I they feel, get freedom. Kind of, kind of feel liberated. Yeah. And then they go Yeah, they go crazy. Is that ever you? No, never. Never me. Never uh... – you're missing out, man. Yeah, right. right, okay, right. Well, that, that's the girls I used to scout out back in high school. You know? <laughs> Daddy issues. <laughs> you know, I did have, like I said, my grandparents lived downstairs. So I did have structure. I, I guess through the grace of God, I stayed on, on, on track. And, and they were the Sicilians? They were the Sicilians, yeah. See, that's a yeah. Sicilian thing, because I grew up with a couple of Sicilians. <laughs> that's a Sicilian thing. You don't get involved between a man and a wife. Right. Like, that's their business. It's yep. bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. If I ever caught my son doing that, my God, I'd have him up by his neck on the wall. Yeah, that wouldn't be just a look. Yeah. That it wouldn't be, be that father look anymore. That would be, yeah, no, it was, was not the old fashioned Sicilian beatdown. <laughs> so you said you tried to hide it, though. How did you hide it? Just, just not talking about it. Not just, at all. Like, none of your friends brought this stuff up and. No, it was, it was bottled up. It was all bottled. You're not supposed to talk about it. You're not supposed to. Say this. You're not supposed to do that. You you, you try. You you hit it. You 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 kept it inside. That's old you school know? Italian family. You don't. You yeah. don't talk outside the family. Yeah. But it had to come out in yeah. some way in you. Whether it's mm-hmm. I, I understand that you held it inside, but some people act out. Some yeah. people will get involved in liquor or drugs. How did it manifest itself in you? I believe that physical activity. So, so but, you were able to channel it. Yeah, That's I was good. able to hyper channel it, however way. Uh, you know, I don't know how, because most kids, I think, who went through, I went through, uh, pretty much fucked up. You know, exactly. you, know, Absolutely. No, you could say whatever you uh, want to say. Okay, all right, cool. <laughs> I got into to weightlifting. I got into boxing. You know, all the way on to Ironman and marathons. And, but I always said that, in my opinion, looking at you, thinking about what you went through, I would say you're an addict. 
And you want to know why I say you're an addict? I, I won't disagree with you. It, because you channeled your addiction into something else. Adrenaline addict? Adrenaline addict. That's what it is. Hey, listen. As far as addictions go, if you got one, you probably got the best one you can have. Physical right. activity. Right. Because right. you're going to get that endorphin release. The endorphin, same endorphin release that your father wanted and was seeking through mm-hmm. his drug use, you got it in a different way. So yeah, you're an addict, but it's a good addict. And and we, we always try to focus people's addictions. You know, getting back to Mike De Palma, he's an addict, self-proclaimed addict. Well, now we're trying to funnel his addictions into something positive and he's finally getting it. Yep. But he's not calling me back, so I can't help him. <laughs> I'll see him on Monday. Don't worry. I'll give him a good earful, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely... Do you ever withdraw? From physical activity? No, 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 no. From from your friends. You say you went home, had a bad incident. Yeah, I, I think I did that at a young mm. age and, and turned to, picked up a hockey stick or shot a basketball around or went for jogs around the neighborhood, just... You're, you're running away with it and trying to understand how I'm going to deal with it. Well, you don't want anybody to know, so you don't. You're afraid everybody's going to be able to read your face. You just went through. You just saw something horrible, and you're afraid everybody's going to look at your face, and they're going to know. Yes, they're going to know exactly yep. what I went through. So you have to change that direction and go into something different and change. Well, no, I'm, my face is just like that because I just got done a good workout. You know, stuff yeah. like that. You try to hide it, right? And that's you know, that's kind of. One of the things I'm here for today is to, to to let people know that the trauma you can talk to people, you can you can get help, you can talk to a therapist. There, there are other ways you can channel that and not just internalize it. And you know, was that the avenue you went to to get help? The avenue it was all physical. It was all physical. Did you ever go to a therapist or anything uh, like therapy. that? You, you went to a therapist. <laughs> well, you're crazy. You can't go with that. I mean, it, right, it all boils down to that 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 culture and that mentality. In the seventies and eighties, like I know, said before, showing areas. weakness. You couldn't, you know, the the, you the, the macho male couldn't show weakness, and going to the therapist was showing yeah. a sign of weakness. But yeah. you seem pretty okay with it, and that is a sign of somebody who has been enlightened. Yeah. And most of the time, when you go through something like you went through, enlightenment comes through years of therapy. And hey, listen, some of these therapists are really good, and then some of them just they just try to fill their pockets by keeping you mm-hmm. back in. So you went to the therapist of physical activity and and I think you're meditating. When you're out there and I'm jogging and I'm doing my 20 mile runs or my 100 mile bikes and even if it's a five minute shooting a basketball around, you know, my mind, it was always trying to repair myself and think and heal. That to me, running became very therapeutic to me. It was my, it was my escape from reality. You know, you, you could go running, you could put yourself anywhere. You know, in your mind, it's not running away from your problems. It's taking hold of your problems and releasing it through running. Yeah, I, I agree. It, I mean, it's it's unbelievable what what running could do for you. Dan and I have a lot in common because I was I was I recently have stopped because I tore my Achilles. But I was training for I was training for the twenty twenty Lake Placid Ironman. Great race. We all know Great how race. that worked out. I was training and I got deferred, so I was training for the twenty twenty one. I'm two hundred twenty five pounds. My body just said. You know, you got to you got to bring it down a little bit. So my a partial tear of my Achilles put me out. People used to ask me all the time, like, how do you go out and you run that? And I said, it's it's all mental. It's all in your head. Now, you've gone from a place where you were mentally scarred to a place where you're in a mental healing state, which is running. And I used to go out on my 20 mile runs and I would 
present myself a problem. What do I got to figure out? Mm-hmm. And I'd start off like that and I'd work through it all different angles. And sometimes I would stay on that topic. Sometimes I'd go to a different topic. But by the end of that run, I was like, wow, where the heck did that run go? And it was great. It was wonderful therapy. That was my meditation. It always was. If you're not a runner, you'll never understand that. A hundred percent. That's it's even, even runner's high. Runner's it, high is great. Runner's high is fantastic. It, it exists. It definitely does. It exists. Uh, like, like Kevin said, unless you're a runner, you don't know. Yep. But you get that runner's high. There, there was nothing more satisfying than when you say, you know what? Oh, I gotta, I, now I'm going to run this 10 miles today. When you finish that, it's like, holy shit. I just did 10 miles. I, I, yeah, exactly. Right. I just did 10 miles. That sense of accomplishment, there's second to none. So you've got something interesting going on. You have suffering that was what I would call involuntary from the way you grew up. Mm -hmm. You chose to build on that involuntary suffering by voluntary suffering, which is textbook of what you do now, where you put yourself, you beat your body down, you put yourself through all this stuff. That's what makes somebody great. That's what, that's the message that I want to get out. Thank you. You can take all that stuff and you can channel it and that's how you're going to become something special. Would you agree with that? I agree a hundred percent. I wouldn't, there's a lot of work still to do. Don't don't get me wrong. <laughs> we're, we're not all finished we're products. All, ne- I'll never be. I mean, but wrong. when you're finished, you probably lose hope for it. You probably lose your love for it. But it exactly. I think it keeps me. It just keeps me focused. Keeps me balanced. Any kind of physical activity, you know, and running, running being you know on the top of the list. So you're gonna have a lot of positive things that have come from this suffering in, early in your life, and running seems one of them. Just, something doesn't make sense to me. You said you're a good father and a good husband, and you've gone through all this shit when you were younger. That doesn't compute in yeah. my head. <laughs> it, it doesn't in mine either. I, di- I did something right. I wish I knew what <laughs> the formula to it, but could have wrote a book. Um, we'll it's amazing what the what the what the human mind, you know, at, at a very young age and all the way to, to adulthood can do. I mean, that's yeah. just a that's just a great sign of your character, though. That Thank you know, you. you've been through that, you've seen it, and you turned it into something positive. I did. And every day I try to wake up and, and, and get better each and every day. The work is never done. The Suffering Podcast family has grown. The Hackensack Brewing Company is an American success story. Born in the basement and developed by true beer practitioners, the Hackensack Brewing Company has emerged as a leader in the brewing community with their four staple brews. The Fairmount Pale Ale, the Parking Lot Pilts, the Musket Haze New England IPA, and the Moments Notice Irish Stout. But they don't stop there. The Hackensack Brewing Company has produced over 50 seasonal and specialty craft beer throughout their history, with the best yet to come. Don't get caught drinking a product developed by an impersonal corporate machine. The guys at the Hackensack Brewing Company suffer for their beer. Without the beer to back it up, the brand is nothing. Visit them at hackensackbrewing.com or check the show notes for the link. Here you'll find their dynamic and changing list of specialized brews. The Hackensack Brewing Company provides convenient online ordering and pickup. The Hackensack Brewing Company. Peace, love, beer, beer, beer. So now that you've gone through this stuff, are you able to identify from other people who they're in trouble getting abused? Can you see it? A hundred percent. Well, tell me some of the signs that you see. Mike was here, right? Mike suffers from PTSD. Right. I can read. He him. suffers from a lot more. Than a lot more. Too. Yeah, yeah. PTSD you know, is his main. We, I think him and I could read each other, and I, I, I can, I can see. What does that book facial look like? expressions and, <laughs> and 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 gestures, and you know, it's easy for me to to 
I don't know how, but I, I can recognize that, you know, and I always try to help anybody who I see is in trouble. It's just the way I am. So down the um, road, you, have you seen somebody who maybe had a similar situation that you saw growing up and you were able to identify it? You know, thank God. No. no. Did your mother have any like physical signs of abuse? Bruises. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, would she go out to the store with a black eye or something? Oh, like, a hundred percent. There was definitely, uh, you know, with the physical abuse comes scars, comes bruises, comes. What did she tell people? She, you know, my mom, she's still old school. Doesn't talk about it. Somebody had to see the scars when she went outside, though. Yeah, I'm a, it, dude, would have to. I mean, you, how do you I hide fell a black down the eye? stairs? I did uh, this. Oh, I did oh, oh, excuses and what were the excuses? Uh, That's what um, I don't recall, but there, there had to be. I mean, how could there not be? I know she doesn't talk about it, just the way she is. She's, you know, she internalizes everything. It's just the way she was raised. And well, does she have any long term effects? I know it's some time ago, but I'm sure she still feels some effects, or that you know, she might not even talk to you about it. Um, Call your mom on the phone. Yeah, let's get her on. Let's get her on. Because I don't want to answer for her. But hey, Dan, you leave. Get your mother in there. Let's talk to her. I'm not not dealing with a Puerto Rican senior citizen. You don't want. You don't want to deal with her. I Puerto She's definitely um, a firecracker. Did your mom ever remarry or anything like that? She did remarry. So I had a stepdad that was, you know, that came into my my life. Seems like every male figure that came into my life left quick uh, listen he bro d- I, I don't want to tell yeah. you but <laughs> happens once shame on them happens twice he was a, he was a, he was a great guy she got remarried and he came into my life and you know he played that fatherly role i have a half brother too step i don't I hate to even say that because we come from the same mother and that's my brother it's a brother um who's who's actually an addict he's a heroin addict but he's doing great now he's clean and sober for i'd say about two years now good for him but we come from two different fathers so and my mother doesn't drink, doesn't smoke. So think about that, right? Yeah. My my dad and his dad. Uh, that's how I always said it. Women can drive you to drink. <laughs> <laughs> she did remarried, and he passed away of a heart attack my sophomore year in high school. Now was he a, was he the opposite of your father? He was he, he well. My there's my dad on drugs, and then there's my dad. I'm talking about right. the worst of your dad. He had his own addictions as well. He, he wasn't an alcoholic. He, he liked to gamble. And he gambled a lot. Gambling's a hidden addiction. Phenomenal man, uh, a great man. And you know, I I remember things. You know, when she when he came into my mom's life and into my life, I won't come home three, four, five o'clock in the morning. Where what? Atlantic City. So you know, I was around addiction, and 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 I still am all my life. It's it's amazing that you never got into that. Never. I want to know how you. I'm trying to figure Uh, out how you danced around it. I don't know. I don't. I wish I had that answer. I wish I could share a formula with with people. Because um, all I'm seeing right now is you, you hit the gym instead of yeah. Hey, if I want to drink, I'd rather go to the gym. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll have an occasional drink. I don't. I never did drugs. I think I smoked weed twice in my life. Tried it. Should have been in uh, here last weekend. You know. Yeah. And I don't. I don't have any anything against that because it's legal now. But you know. I, no, I we weren't smoking weed, but we I, did have a representative of. Uh, Cannabis growth. Cannabis growth. Get it okay. right. Yes. I'm t- I, listen, I'm learning terminology. I yeah. told you, this is this podcast is the best education I ever had in my life. <laughs> People are spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on education. I've changed my terminology. It's no longer commit suicide. It's I'm lost to suicide. <laughs> it's not marijuana. It's cannabis. It's never recreational. It's medical. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah there's there's a lot. That but I never, I never, I never turned to that. And, and I guess, like, 
when you see what it does firsthand as a young boy, it has a, it has a, 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 a huge impact. So what do you do for a living now? Right now I work in construction. I work with Mike. Freedom, yeah. freedom, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, so, you know, one day I'm driving a machine, one day I'm doing labor, one day I'm a carpenter. I, I do everything. So much freedom. Getting yeah. out of law enforcement and going into construction was one of the best things I've ever done. It's not that I don't miss my police work, but when you're on a construction site and you have a problem with it, there's immediate resolution. Yeah. Immediate, where in the police world, you, you well, it goes back to the same things that we were just talking about. You're carrying, you're, you bind it up, you, you, you hold it inside, and then you're carrying this weight, and it stresses yeah. you out, where you have that immediate release. Like, you, you'll get into it with somebody, and it's either you argue it out, you fight it out, but oh, then you get back to work. It, exactly. It's, it's all, all day. It, it's it, boom, boom, boom. It's behind us. Let's get back to work. I mean, know? I've been hit with rebar. And, and <laughs> so you know what rebar is. Oh, Mike just Mike just learned what re- rebar is. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's ne- the palm of that. Next is. thing he's going to do is try to spell rebar. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't don't give him anything with don't give him anything with with, with spelling or or math. No, don't <laughs> ask him how to spell U-turn. <laughs> but I, you know, but there's, there's that immediate release. I think mm-hmm. it's a lot of what this world's missing is that immediate release stuff. You know, you bottle it up, yep. you bottle it up, and that's no good. And that's why men wow. traditionally die before women, not because we want to, but sometimes maybe. We just don't let it out. Women are much better at letting it out. Although I, now I'm considered agree. myself woke, so I let everything out. Yeah. Oh, I don't know how I should take that. Is he woke? Call, I'm woke. I think he's calling me a woman. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, anybody that does triathlons, I'll never. <laughs> anybody that runs triathlons is not. I shouldn't say woman. When I say woman, a lot of times I'm meeting uh, less than masculine. Gotcha. <laughs> and um, women who run triathlons, I, those are people I don't mess with. I don't want to mess oh, with anybody who runs triathlons because I know their mental game is much stronger than everybody else's. Um, you're not kidding. I'm out there with them, man. I got my ass kicked by many, many women out, out there. In you know, the I, I used to be a big runner before I hurt my neck. When you're running those races and you see a woman in front of you, it's like, motherfucker, I got I to at least get in front of her. <laughs> yeah, but you know <laughs> that's, what? That's the you, male you, pride you in you. You learn real quick oh, when without you, a when doubt. you, when you without part, a doubt. keep participating in those kind of events that – Gender means shit. Means not, these women are kick ass. Not will, at my level. They gender will fuck means nothing. You up. They're, they're, so yeah. if you're talking ultra elite, yes, it does. Mm-hmm. It, it absolutely does. Men will. The average elite athlete male will always beat the top level woman nine times out yeah, of ten. Nine times you're, out of ten. You're, you're, However, right. Best shirt I ever saw in a marathon. I was running a 2006 New York marathon. A guy was in front of me wearing a white T-shirt, and on the back in Sharpie was. I might be fat, but I'm in front of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I saw that. That's funny. Oh, it's beautiful. I it's never, beautiful. I, I never was behind one of those shirts. <laughs> <laughs> I was in New York. I was. Yeah, I had a bad race in New York. Oh, it's, it's. I could tell you stories about that. It may be for another, another episode we, about we my were, Iron Man stories. Back in the day, I'm big in uh, Special Olympics, New Jersey. I'm on the tour train committee and all that, it's and wonderful. we do um, Lincoln Tunnel Challenge every year. That's it's a five k run. I've never done that. I want to. I want to do that. It's a 5K run through the Lincoln Tunnel. You start on the Jersey side, you turn around in New York, and you come back. And I'm running through the tunnel. And, and you go it, get a test for mesothelioma <laughs> when you're done. Yeah, yeah. When I tell you it's the hardest run ever, because you, what you don't realize is the tunnel goes down and then comes up into New York and then comes down. And, you know, you make the turnaround. It's the same thing on the way back. But when I go running, I set goals for myself. Okay, let me get to that corner. Yeah, that, that line I, in the sand. I, mile by when, mile, man. When you're going through the tunnel, 
it's like a serpentine and you can't see the end and it, the view never changes. We, our motto for the race used to be find a girl with a nice ass and hope she's got a better pace than you <laughs> and just stayed right behind her. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's, there's something I might be able to, on your next, on your next run, which I'll do, I'll do with you. You don't want to stay behind, not to cut you off, behind a girl. I did the, uh, New York, New Jersey, one and only Ironman when they had it here, swam in the Hudson River. That was, that was great. Actually, wasn't that sounds the infectious. It wasn't the, the Ohio River, much worse, <laughs> but running, girls, Running ahead of me, she was a pro, uh, a pro athlete. Drops her pants, yeah, takes a shit, t- picks her pants back up, and, and kept going. I've seen them. <laughs> That's why you never want to run be- behind someone who had chili the night before either. So. I've seen it happen. <laughs> I can tell you another story. <laughs> I've, se- I've seen it happen on races. I've seen that happen. Somebody oh, yeah. always shits theirself. So I just heard something. I know this is a little bit off topic, but I just heard something. The reason why that happens, because what's your traditional night pregame? Mm-hmm. Pasta, pasta party, right? Mm-hmm. Pasta party. It's the worst thing you could do in your in the world for your stomach because it upsets your your gut. Yeah. So a lot of these runners, these ultra elite runners who've been carb loading before, they have serious digestive issues when they get into their thirties. The new way of thinking is, is if you can come what's called fat adapted, you won't have those digestive issues and you'll have an unlimited supply of energy. I've heard of that. Yet to, you you got to read try. a book by Mark yeah. Sisso called Primal Blueprint. He he was an endurance athlete and he fell mm-hmm. into that trap. Had severe. Um, arthritis, had severe stomach and gut issues, and then figured out that, well, we're supposed to eat like we did a million years ago. That's what our bodies were designed for. And he did it and became fat adaptive. And there's studies that show you can increase your endurance by like 7,000%. Wow. Hear that again. 7,000% if you're able to become fat adaptive. There's new ways of thinking so in that. If you text me that book, I'd like to, oh, it's I'd wonderful. to pick that up. And he was just on, uh, Mark Sissa was just on Joe Rogan's podcast speaking more about it because he has a new company called primal kitchen i follow him because i like i like i told you earlier i am gluten-free and his the problem with being gluten-free is there's not a whole lot of condiments out there you know if you want certain salad dressings or barbecue sauce or something there's not a whole lot out there mm-hmm. and what is out there tastes like shit yeah, yeah, yeah so he has this company called primal kitchen all of their sauces are made with high fat avocado oils instead of the, the garbage vegetable oil and they're all gluten-free so I've been using a lot of his stuff, which I've been using it for for a couple of years now, but he was just on this podcast and he's, he's just a remarkable man. He's 68 years old. He'll put all three of us to shame with wow. his fitness. Amazing. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta look that up. I like, I like that kind of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, everybody in marathon shit, there's always somebody that shits well, himself. They say the, the 18 mile mark in the New York city marathon. That's where I hit it. That's where 18? they say you hit the wall. That's where and I hit you'll, you'll that, was see, my, that was my first one. You'll see. If you ever watch a marathon, in the beginning, there's a ton of spectators. Then it dies off at the 18-mile mark. That's where they hang out. Because we're sadistic yeah. motherfuckers, and we want to... Yeah. That's where the people piss and shit themselves. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's some, here's another little secret about the... Especially the New York City Marathon. There's a group of people that have to piss off of every bridge they go over. Because you go over six bridges. You're starting on the Veranzano. Have you ever done a New York? Never did. I never... You know, I don't have... I, 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 I don't have the... I just like to get out there. I don't, it's a logistical nightmare. I just want to get out there. And race. I do Philly. I New, love the New York. Philadelphia. New York's fun because I don't know. But what you got to get up at. You, you got to be there by two or three in the morning. Like I just want to yeah, run. I just want to race. You know, you're fucking uh, tired. You and, get up and, at two o'clock yeah. in the morning. You don't and run then, until yeah. ten. And then you got to figure out what to wear because anything you drop goes to homeless. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you don't want to yeah. wear. Any, you know, you don't want to wear anything too yeah, good. You want to shed some. The homeless don't deserve that good of stuff. My whole thing is, you're starting at the Verrazano, like you said, in Staten Island. You're ending in Central Park. Yeah. How the fuck do you get back to Staten Island to get your car? 
You ain't walking but, back there. <laughs> That's a problem. I okay. will bring myself to do it one day because it's it's, it's a good race. It, it, you know, I, I it's a it's a crowded race. Philly three deep the whole run. Yeah. The only time is when you're going through Brooklyn where it's not three deep. You you only get maybe one or two deep. But it's music playing, food. Yeah, no, you, it's, it's beautiful. If sure. I ever did it again, I would enjoy it a lot more because I was too busy and like, I'm not winning the race. Look at me. Oh, come, I'm a Clydesdale. You got, you got a red line that thing, man. <laughs> I should have just sat back and enjoyed it. But the sea of people, and when you're going over to Veranzano, you can actually feel the Veranzano moving. So we start off on the race in a Veranzano, and I'm like, what? These people, there's there's a row of Porta Johns before you start. I'm like, these guys are pissing already? These guys are in trouble. <laughs> but every bridge I went over, there's somebody <laughs> hanging trowel over. That's hysterical. That's hysterical. <laughs> Those Never, little things. I, if you ever get an opportunity, both of you guys, to Philadelphia, it's a, it's a tremendous, tremendous race. It's somebody a smaller, said, it's a big feel, but in and out, home by two o'clock. It, it, Philly. It's a real, Philly, the Marine Corps, and San yeah. Diego are the ones that everybody says. Disney, too. Disney. Disney. I was going to say Disney. Disney's yeah. supposed to be I really willing to do that one. You know, but back, you know, now I'm going to try to start to enjoy the race. Back then when I was racing, I, I didn't give a shit where I was. I just wanted to go fast and I wanted to compete, you know. Uh, now, you know, I, I'll, I'll try to enjoy them a little bit more. That, that was always my problem with going in these. You know, I was a big 5K. I've done a couple halves. I was too competitive within myself. Yeah, I'm, you know, yeah, it's like, you know, you know, my first run of the year, I'd get my time, and every time I did a five k, I tried to beat that run. Yeah, beat myself up. I'm like, Jesus, this sucks. I know, I know, this sucks. I'm 55 years old now. You know? oh, wow, 55. I don't look. It's used good. to used to try to win my age group all the time. And you look 60, right? Fuck yourself. <laughs> I was gonna say 70. Now I'm only Whoa, <laughs> that's the, nah, that's he, the gray in my looks, looks, <laughs> gray. gray. I was gonna die a little bit. There's a, there's an important point here. I want everybody to think about how we were just talking about. It. You're talking about three guys who are physically active, and they found this love in their life. You could have gone so many different ways, but you channeled your abuse into something positive and you found something i can hear the way you're talking about it you found something that you love that's amazing and that's what using the suffering is all about mm-hmm. getting back to the the social media question so marissa brought up a good point in the beginning mm-hmm. it says you see a friend who's suffering you have a friend who's just under constant suffering all right so tell me what you do for them you know put his put mike's yeah. face into it and just walk up to them. If you if you if you send something, walk up to that person. Hey, what are you going through today? Uh, well, how can I help you? It's all right to talk about it. You know, keep it inside. It's not going to make it go away. But they might find a love for something different, like you oh, have. Okay. okay, like you have, and that's 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 beautiful. Well, right. I mean, I, for Mike, for example, I, I tell Mike all the time, let's get to the gym. Let's go to the gym together. It's going to help you. It's going to raise your endorphins level. Let's go for Go for a run. So I do try to navigate, but everybody's outlet is different. Mine is physical. It's hard to find. That that individual person has to find that out for themselves. And sometimes outlets are more harmful than the, the regular cause. Their outlet may be alcohol. You know, if you see all this right, abuse, right. if you see all this abuse and you say, fuck it, I'm going out to get a drink. And then, then alcohol becomes the right. addiction. Right. And then- well, in order to hide your alcohol addiction, you move on to a different addiction. Like you said, Kev, you, you got to channel your addiction into something positive. Right. A lot that, of people are out there and, just channeling it into further addiction and getting addicted to different things. I mean, so like I can only speak to f- myself, you know, what I enjoy and try to influence, you know, people in that way. You know, pick up something physical. Go yeah. do something. Go for a walk. Go for a bike ride. 
go for a swim, go lift weights. You, you know how you know? hard it is to try to get someone to run. It is. When they, you know, it, come on, listen, it, I, I know you haven't, let's go running. You want to beat the suffering in your life? So I, if I'm going to try to summarize Channel all this, one right. if you want to beat the suffering in your life, you got to do an Ironman. It's all uh, it is. <laughs> I would never, I would never. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, I, we used to do a, a, it was called a law enforcement challenge. It was up in uh, upper Bergen County. They don't let you up there, Kev. No, no, well, no, no. I speak too good or, English. <laughs> or you for that matter, Dan. But anyway, it was well, like definitely. a five mile run, like 50 mile bike. God damn, my fucking taint hurted. Yeah, hurted? They, hurted. That's why I can't that's go what, up. They, 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 there you go. I just moved up a, 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 a level here. My, my taint hurted for days after that from sitting on that fucking bike seat. You have to condition like, it. Gotta, and you got to be fitted too on the bike, the correct You have way. to condition it. And that butt pad that you wear no, will give see, you maybe an extra half an hour. Maybe. Uh, that that hurt me more, believe it or not. See, now, especially when it gets wet. <laughs> well, you're not supposed to put the seat in your ass. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. You guys are allowed to have a seat on your bike? What? They told me I couldn't have a seat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had to sit on the pole. I, I, I couldn't. I can't get into bike riding. I just can't do it. It's uncomfortable. I mean, it, you know, it could definitely get, you know, guys, guys have things that hang between their legs and they get all caught up. It's fun. It, it is fun. You, you do get, it takes a little, it's a little bit different journey as far as you're talking about the runner, runner's high. There is a high associated with that. It's a little bit different. I can't explain. It. I haven't, I haven't gotten you there got, with swimming You yet. have to, you have to go a long ways yeah. to get it from the bike. You're talking 50, 60, 70 miles. miles. I mean, you know, you'll get it. But. That's nothing. Like I rode 30 miles this morning because biking is pretty much the only thing I, I can do yeah. these days. And I'm really not even supposed to do that. It's not this, to me, it's not the same as running. It's a little bit different. It, it, it is, it is different. Um, running does it for me. I, I enjoy bike riding and swimming and everything, but running is not. Is swimming not to me is a chore. And that's the one thing I'm trying to wrap my head around. It's technical. Right, it's not a natural. No, it's not a natural movement. Right, it, you're and in open, water. Open water swim, I hate it. Oh God, because that's you know seaweed will touch you, or the seagrass yeah. will touch you. Like, oh come on, <laughs> fish will come up and hit you, or t- you'll hit a turtle. I, it it freaks me out. Yeah, now a lot a lot of people mentally can't get past the swim, but the, the swim is is to me in the Ironman race is the easiest. First to go, it's, it's only two point four. You, you don't you you're, you're cool because you're in the water. You're not sweating. You just survive the water, get out, and that's when the then that's when the suffering starts on yeah, that bike, yeah. and then on that run. You know, I did my first Ironman, not to not to get off topic, in Louisville, Kentucky, it was a hundred degrees. And let me tell you, when I talk about suffering, I I stopped in a porter john because I had all that pasta from the night before. <laughs> I almost wanted to pass out. Did you so, repaint, repaint the walls? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I almost, I, I almost wanted to pass out in this. Now you can imagine what the Portageon must have been like—130 degrees and pass out so I don't have to finish this race. That's how bad. That's how bad I was suffering that day. I'd rather not quit and I'd rather pass out than take me out of the, the Portageon. <laughs> Staying on that point, I just want to have a little side note because I have a very proud father note. Moment. All right, let's All right, hear it. I got I got to tell you this because it has to do with the Portageon. You'll wonder, when you're raising your children, you'll wonder if you're doing a good job. Well, I had heard through my wife last night, my oldest was with his friend watching my youngest play soccer. And his friend had to use the port john to do the big one. My son kept throwing the football up against the port john And then he was trying to tip it over. Because I always taught him, don't just tip it over, tip it over door down. Right. So when right. the door so hits, they goes- can't get out. <laughs> 
So my wife's telling me this, and she's telling me this as if I'm going to reprimand my son. And I just look at my son, big thumbs up, and say, I'm doing a good job with you, buddy. <laughs> I, I went to a college football game a couple years ago in Giant Stadium. It was a Rutgers game. College parties. Rutgers has football. Well, <laughs> <laughs> they call it football. There was a big college party right next to us, and there was a Port of John there, and the one guy went into Port of John, <laughs> and they tipped it over on him. <laughs> So now he comes out and he's got, let's just say blue and brown all over him, you know, because the water's blue in those Port of Johns. He's got blue and brown all over him. So, I would have <laughs> fucking killed somebody. We, we go into the game and everything, you know, we watch the game. Actually, a friend of mine was playing for Rutgers back then. So we go in, we watch the game, come out, we're hanging out with his family after it. Here comes the same guy in the same clothes after the game, still in his Blue and oh brown. My oh my god! <laughs> Could you imagine sitting next to him? I'm no, just, no. I, I really hated to divert from the topic today, but I <laughs> we've diverted for, for the last hour now. I'm so proud of that moment. I had to get it out there. So, so Dan, what are you here for today? <laughs> <laughs> to talk about shit in your pants, Iron Man. I got a ton of shit in pants. Oh, oh, it, in the arm. oh there's that uh, other stuff too, where you you know you, you witness all that horrible abuse when you were a child. <laughs> How can somebody get help? Are you tied in with any of these organizations? I'm not. And that's one of the reasons why I'm here, too, because I want to start to do that. You know, I'm at the point in my life where I'm able to talk about it. I, I feel okay talking about it. So, yeah, I'm at that point where I do want to start to do some fundraising and, and things of that nature. Did you, ever start, who, did you ever think about starting up like a charity for abused women or anything like that? Or what about abused, I, so, abused men? I, you know, I, That's something that's going vastly underreported. Absolutely. The, it, it, it is, but it, it's hard for me to, to go in that direction. Well, here's because I have a friend who is who is a victim of that. And if you think about it, you've never laid your hands on a woman. Never. And I think you shouldn't because let's say you beat her up. You beat up a woman. Now, what if she beats you up? Now you got beat up by a woman. That's even worse. So then you got problems. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're if you're a guy with with some sort of chivalry in you, you don't lay your hands on never. a woman. Even but if she hit you. Even if, that's the thing. What if the woman just starts pounding yeah. on you? There was that picture, Listen, a major league picture that was abused. At, at the end of the day, you know, you, you mentioned it before with, with athletes. Um, you, you should be able to 99% of the times control a situation, a physical situation like that, and, and remove yourself from it. Well, that's... Uh, you know, there's no excuse to, to, in my mind. You know, coming from where I come from... To ever have to do that, you know, put your hand on a woman. If a woman comes over and hits you over the head with a lamp, the minute you touch her, in New Jersey anyway, you're going away, even though she hit you first. That's just, that's the rules of that's the game. That's unfortunate. Yeah. So the, there, the rules are written. There are men who just still stick to that code where I'm not laying my hand on a woman no matter what happens. So they sit there and they take it. Now, here's the second. That's, that's the problem. That they just Sitting sit there and taking it and not making a change in your life. You're afraid to tell anybody. Because it's embarrassing, you got your ass kicked by a woman mm -hmm. when it shouldn't. You shouldn't be embarrassed. You actually should be commended because you didn't knock right. her teeth down her throat. Right. What did your parents teach you growing up? Don't hit somebody mm -hmm. unless they hit you first. Well, if somebody, oh, unless it's a woman. Well, there's a lot of problems with that. You want to start getting into some fundraising. Have you figured out how you're going to do it yet? Not, not yet. And and after this, I'm going to definitely seriously think about where I want to go with it. I know you had mentioned abused women, but I think. More importantly, are kids, kids that child that, abuse. You, you know, 
walk into these homes that, that are filled with domestic violence, you know. And now they're home all the time. And they're home all... It, it, how, oh. how are they dealing with it? Where are those kids getting help? Because I didn't have any... Like, you know, I didn't have anything. Now, Dude. you're you're the anomaly. The way I don't you, know the, how, The but way you got thank, through it. God bless. I, I think am. about these kids who don't are, don't Correct. have that mental fortitude that you have. They're afraid so we, to it, talk it, about it. Maybe, maybe it'll be a shameless plug. We had a uh, former NYPD PD detective in here and he was telling, he was a homicide detective and uh, he was telling us some, some stories of homicides that he was investigating. And one of them was an abused child. I'll put it, I'll keep it like that. And it, it was, it was horrific. Just listening to that story. I mean, me and Kevin were just like looking at you like, Jesus Christ. How do you, how do you fathom that? There were several times when I go, okay, on to your next cheerful story. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how, you it was, know, it was bad. Th- think of, I mean, th- and then there's tons, you know, hundreds of thousands, million, if not millions of kids that are abused. Maybe not directly, but, you know, in my situation, my dad physically abusing my mom. But it was more, it was more mental abuse mental, to right, you 100%. than a physical abuse. Right. Yeah. 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 No kid should have to see no, that garbage. No, 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 no kid there, should be abused. This is true. You know, whether physically or mentally, I mean, I I tell people all the time, I was in no way an abused child, but man, I knew when I was wrong. (laughs) I knew when I did something wrong, nothing is is worse than a swift kick in the ass. The wooden spoon industry made a lot of money off of my ass. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And my grandmother was great. Leather belts. We've spoken to a lot of different charitable organizations. And if I could, if you're looking for something and I could sort of give you some advice from things that I've seen. We're closely affiliated with an organization called 1013 Survivors. It's a wonderful organization that helps officers' families that were lost to suicide. So mm-hmm. one of the things that people don't realize is when, when officers are lost to suicide or, or take their own life, the families don't get this big payout that is common. It's a common misconception in the police world, and their health benefits are cut off in 60 days. So now you're on your own. And you just lost. Wow. You just lost that. So what this co- what this organization has done is instead of focusing on police suicide, which there's hundreds of organizations that work on that problem, they pivot and they turn and they look at the families. So they found their own little niche in ways to help abuse children. There's a hundred different organizations helping abuse children and every one of them is doing, hopefully they're doing the work that they're supposed to be doing and doing good work. But there's something there's there's something missing in there with ten thirteen survivors. So they pay for things like the children to play intramural sports or town That's sports. Wonderful, right? I really like that because rather than dilute the organizations that are out there that are dealing with this, they chose to get something that was being missed. Mm-hmm. And I think you're the ideal person that should be doing this stuff because you made it through. <laughs> you're healthy, you know, healthy. It sounds like you're healthy <laughs> mentally. <laughs> As as best as I could be. <laughs> you know, we we talk about light at the end of the tunnel. You know, we talk about that here a lot. You're you're like the light at the end of the tunnel. You you could show people that, although you see this abuse, you don't have to fall into that and become an abuser yourself. You know, you could channel it another way and and become a pr- productive member of society. Well, did you ever have anybody to speak to you? You said your your grandparents were there. Did your grandfather ever pull you aside and say, "Hey, buddy, don't no. listen to this"? That that just boggles my mind. Yeah, it, it does me as well. You know, I look back and I see all the avenues I could have taken. I'm not the biggest religious person. I don't go to church every Sunday, but, you know, there's something to be said about, you know, about the the man upstairs, upstairs, man. (laughs) You know, because if you look at 
the obstacles I Are had you a, to endure. A, a CEO, religious person, as Adam, as yeah. our friend Adam Burke calls, uh, Christmas Easter only. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically, you know, I wish I, you know, I wish I, I could bring that a little bit more back, you know, into my life too. It's, it's the guy upstairs that really you gotta, I gotta give a lot of my, the credit to. I mean, I don't. Well, I don't you know ever, how I got. If you ever figure out how you got it through, that's your message. Yeah, and you, and, yeah. And, you, and you know, it's great being here and talking about it. You know, is going to make me think some more. So now, when I go out for my runs, I'm going to figure out how I can go about really helping children who were abused, and how to go about having them feel comfortable speaking. I think you have to get them early. Uh, yeah, you have yeah. to get them early and and say. Or do you? Maybe you know. Maybe it's, not, it's never. Maybe it's not ever too late you know yeah if you could do me one favor when you're out for one of these runs and you're trying to figure out how to fix something try to figure out how to fix kevin Kev, that's gonna be tough man. i know <laughs> it's gonna be like one of your 20 mile runs i'll have to do my 25 uh <laughs> i'm as i've said plenty of times i'm severely dented i'm not broken but i'm not broken no 100 <laughs> percent. you really do have an amazing story that we could we could sit here and talk all day about the Iron Man stuff, and I would listen to every. I hang I on every word of, you say. Ton of, ton of stories in that. <laughs> but the suffering that you have witnessed, not only your mother suffering, your father suffering, because mm-hmm. uh, he did suffer. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, you suffered. Your sister suffered. What do you think all this suffering has taught you? As Mike said before, that you know there there's light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, going back to it's okay to talk about it. It's okay to be a victim. Every once in a while, the macho male that doesn't want to say they need right. they need help or they don't want to talk to anybody. I, I was involved in a fatal shooting, and one of the last things I wanted to do is go to a, a psychiatrist. Right, I didn't want to talk about it. You know, I'm Joe, stubborn Italian. Yep, half Italian, yeah. half Irish too, Kevin. Yeah, see, why, that's even worse. That's why I'm Puerto Rican. I only let half. Of, <laughs> I only let let, let half of them in the door. Yeah. But if we do two shows, he only lets me stay for one. Correct. Correct. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we we just don't want to talk about it. You know, you, you bottle it up inside it, but, but that, listen, going through, going to psychiatrists, to me, that was the best thing ever. That, that pretty much saved my life. That, and, you know, therapy, you talked about therapists earlier on. I mean, it's probably a good idea that I do go, that I do go. Maybe I'll understand a little bit more of how, how I got through it. You know, we're all not perfect. Like you said, we're a work in progress and, you know, I'm learning more and more about myself as the days go on, you know. Many people who go through these horrible situations, they search for ways for relief. If I had to pin you down and why you made it through, from what I can tell relatively unscathed, is mm. <laughs> you didn't have to search too long. You found what gave you your peace early. Mm-hmm. And luckily, hey, you, you might have just stumbled upon it, but nevertheless, you found it. Yes. Could be almost a blessing in disguise that 100%. he was so young when it happened. Could be. If you were 17, 18 in the, in the high school age where people are starting to dabble, mm-hmm. you might have went the other way. Oh, that's, you, that's a good you, point. Yeah. Uh-huh. Listen, you know, I think we all established, you know, even myself, the, the addiction is there. Yeah. Right. I just channeled it at that young age because, because of what, because I, what I went through. At 11 years old, you didn't know about drugs and alcohol. I, I no. Well, you're from I did. I, no, no, I I, I, I did well, because I saw through your my dad. dad. Yeah. yeah, through my dad. But you you didn't have access to it at that point. All you had to do was go on the street, and there was access to it everywhere yeah. at a very very young age. So it was in front of me. Yeah. There's no no doubt about it. How I maneuvered around. I mean, these things. I uh, these are questions I'm going to ask myself. Like I said on those next twenty mile jogs, how did I how did I really get through it? 
And I'm going to dive into it a little bit more and see how I can turn around and help that other child who's going through something similar. When you figure that out, I'd like to invite you back. I would love to come Until back. you figure it out, it, you're not allowed back. No, that's cool. That's all right. <laughs> but, it, it, you know, th- this for me is is, is very therapeutic to, to be able to talk about well, it. We tell people that all the time. Why don't you come in? It's just three guys sitting around the table. I mean, look, look where our conversation went today. It went from abuse to shit in your pants on a run <laughs> to, you know, your taint herded. Yeah, and if it's therapeutic, listen, it's therapeutic for me too, and I'm sure it's therapeutic for Kevin, you know, hearing these, these different people's suffering stories. And like you say, you, you want to move on with this. You want to, you want to maybe elaborate on it a little bit. It, it, that to me is perfect. That's what this is all about. That's getting people in here, talking about how your life got fucked up at one point yep. and making it better. Yep. And well, then, and then surrounding yourself with good people. That's I mean, it. that to me is... That's another thing we kind of overlooked, I jo- right? I joke a lot about the Italian-Irish thing because that's how I grew up. Yeah, but yeah. the bottom line is, number one, I married an Italian, which I know. Stop. <laughs> don't don't even say it. Love but my best Italian. friends in the world are usually Italians. So I guess I'm Italian by association. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah cool. But you surround, like, you know, and that that's another, it's a great point. Like, now that I think back, my core friends... You know, everybody that I grew up with and was very close with as a child were really, really good people, still are. And surrounding yourself with good people goes a long, long way. And now, now I'm 48 years old and later in life, you know, I have great people around me. I have, you know, listen, Mike is like a brother to me. Mm-hmm. Mike's a great guy. My buddy, Nikki, my, my wife, she's a big part of it too, like. Get it out there. Talk about it. Like, don't hold things in. And I, you know, I used to bottle shit up. Yeah. Well, and she's not like that. She she, mm. she taught me that it's all right to talk about anything. Not particularly what I went through as a child, but anything in life. Anything that's bothering you. Like, talk about it. I think that's a good place you know? to leave this. So let's think about all the things we've learned today. You know, number one, you have to communicate. Surround yourself with that group of friends that's going to build you up rather than push you down. Oh, and to get through the suffering, you have to run an Ironman. You have to do an Ironman. <laughs> you, if you want to suffer more, yeah, you do. <laughs> and just be careful while you're doing it that you're tainted and hurted. Okay, yeah. but we do have to channel our suffering. You, you really you really want to talk suffering, try running with shit in your pants. Oh, that's <laughs> oh yeah, that's, an, that's another thing we've learned today. Don't shit your pants while you're running. You do have to channel your suffering, and I think that's one of the things that Dan does very, very well. And there is a light at the end of the tunnel. I think everybody here sitting at this table is the light at the end of the tunnel. Dan, I want to thank you very much. Thank you for having me, guys. For coming in today. Mike, I think it was another fantastic story that we heard today. Dude, it was a great story. And Dan, you you are an incredible person. Thank you You, very much. You went through something that that had to be terribly traumatic. I'm actually relieved that I'm not leaving this place going, oh my God, Jesus. (laughs) It was actually a feel-good story. It was. It was a really feel-good story. (laughs) But, you know, I I really, I want to thank you guys because this is is allowing me to think a little bit more, uh, allowing me to figure out how I can get this out to a broader audience and help anybody I can who went through the same things I went through or going through the things that I went through today. And, uh, you know, I really do appreciate it. And I'd love to come back, Absolutely. you know, after I figure Listen, some things out, figure everything out. And we'd love to have you back. And we're, we're actually, we're going to be doing, uh, we're going to, we're going to be doing a live uh, podcast from the Hackensack Brewing Company on June 19th. They're one of our okay. sponsors. Cool. So everybody listening on that day, we should be starting around three or four. We'll give you more details as time moves on. 
And that's going to be a really fun event. We're going to hear a lot of different stories from people. We do want to invite you out there. I would love to come. Would like love like to come. we're we're going to have. I mean, we're talking about it. we're still in very very pre program right now. We're, we're thinking about getting a lot of the former guests there, and just cool. find out how they've been since. Yeah, that's nice. You know, because there's a lot of people out there that are saying like when De Palma was here. Art, since we brought him up 50 times, people are out there. He's going like, to be in his glory. People, people <laughs> his, are saying like. His downloads are going to go up. <laughs> maybe at, at the June 19th show, we'll have updates on former guests, like how they're doing and what I they're doing. I think that's and, an awesome, yeah. awesome thing. You touch someone and you, you bring them back. Well, you listen, know? you know what? And, and it's funny too, because it's like everybody that's come in here so far has been like family to us. Awesome. Right? I, I mean, and sometimes that. it hurts us. <laughs> sometimes so, there's, yes, it's sometimes we've been hurt by it. But yeah, anyway. When you get those two o'clock in the morning calls. Yes. I told you to call. You told me to call you anytime you want. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> so, Dan, once again, I want to thank you for coming in. You have a really powerful story. Thank you. And that's going to bring us to the end of this episode of the Suffering Podcast, The Suffering of Abuse. Dan, thank you so much for coming in. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that bullshit out there that I hate. (laughs) But unfortunately, it's a necessary evil and it gets us out there to reach more people. So we will see you next time on the Suffering Podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody.